Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello there. I'm Colleen. Now I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories. So of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing we all know the internet just doesn't have enough of, it is nerds that talk about Star Wars. So every episode we journey to a galaxy far, far away, sometimes another galaxy, uh, to discuss what is new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. Whoop whoop. This week, we're hopping aboard the Noti, or is it Naughty, Ezra, we saw that, Express, and discussing the newest episode of the Disney Plus series, Ahsoka. The episode is titled Dreams and Madness. It was written by Dave Filoni and directed by Gita Fasant Patel, who you might know as the director of the House of Dragon episode, Lord of the Tides. She's also directing two episodes of Hot D, season two. Anders, didn't I tell you to say inside? Where do you think I'm potting from? Like the beach? There, actually. That's a fair point, if that's what you thought. But otherwise, yes, I'm staying inside. And let's just go ahead and punch it with an episode recap. So we start off for some reason. I'm still really not sure why on Coruscant. Hera's in front of a Senate hearing about her conduct. Senator Ziono is determined to make her pay for her actions surrounding the whole CETOS affair. Especially since she points out the fact that she didn't really disobey orders, she just disobeyed him. Hera with the sass. I love members of the ghost crew that have sass when standing up to people who are, have control over their fate. Yeah, which is all of them. The yeah. ghost crew is just a bunch of sass. Hera, though, she's trying to convince the committee that the rise of the Imperial Remnant activity is absolutely coordinated and Ziono wants absolutely nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Carson Tifa here, who gives us our requisite season answer to where are we in the timeline by mentioning the conflict on Mandalore, affirming we are officially post-Mandalorian season three. Mm-hmm. Hera is ultimately saved by the appearance of none other than C-3PO himself. <laughs> I think we'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, yes, some some mixed that. reactions to whether or not like this was necessary. I thought it was fun. <laughs> I love it. Give Anthony Daniels some work. It's fine. Yeah. He's always happy to turn up. And he's carrying a data card from Leia Organa, stating that she did sanction Hera's mission after Ziono held a vote of the Defense Council, of which she is the head of, without her. Oopsies. Ziono tries and fails to get this evidence dismissed. Major props to Chopper, who was so ready to murder him Mm -hmm. when he referred to C-3PO as a mere droid. But the motion fails. Hera saved, and the right people are happy with the outcome. Mom Mothma pulls Hera aside to ask her how serious the threat of Thrawn's return really is. And Hera's like, yo, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I really can't tell you. Yeah, that's really all you can do if Thrawn is in the equation. <laughs> like, it's better to be prepared when it comes to Thrawn than not. Like, like let's just. Yeah. Thrawn, but also this whole Imperial Remnant in general, it's kind of like. Yeah. Either you it's believe like it's a threat or you don't. rebellion. <laughs> yeah, like just because there's only a few of them left doesn't mean they could. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> appeasement doesn't work. Okay, next we go to Ahsoka, safe in the Purgle's mouth. She's training with a hologram of Anakin, one of many recordings he left her with during the Clone Wars. Hu Yang says he can detect that they are slowing down and deduces they must almost be at their destination. Unfortunately, when they drop out of hyperspace, they're in a minefield set by the Eye of Zion. The Purgle take a little damage, our poor sweet babies, then piece the fuck out of there while Ahsoka steers the ship down into the debris field. At Hu Yang's terror, hysterical. <laughs> that was great. Hu it Yang, was so good. this whole stretch, David Tennant just having an absolute blast in that recording booth. Really He's loving every minute of this, <laughs> and you can tell, and it's perfection. Oh my gosh, she's trying to avoid the fighters, which like fair, you need to get into the debris field. You only have one ship. Down on the planet, Morgan is glad that the chance to take out Tano, but 
Ron has the fighters withdraw. He's determined to control the outcome of Ahsoka's choices, having learned that Anakin Skywalker was her master. I loved that. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) And this part also, fantastic. Meanwhile, Ezra and Sabine are with the Noti caravan. Ezra is processing everything that Sabine has told him about the Empire's fall. Cue the laugh track when he says the Emperor is dead. And Sabine replies, that's what people say. I just want to know, did she tell him Jabba the Hutt's dead? We need to know. That's what I need to know. This is huge information that he does need to know this. Sabine still isn't telling Ezra everything about how she got there, however, and how they might get home. Uh, You might not. Sabine does tell him that Ahsoka took her on as her apprentice. And after firmly putting his foot in his mouth, Ezra says he's happy for her. Brilliant. So really? What? On point. Yeah, why? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That totally makes sense. No, g- oh good God. for you. I'm happy for you. Ezra always has to just stick in it. Like, no, my guy, think before you speak. And Iman is doing such a great job here. Yes, he's fantastic. This was so Ezra. It was definitely like they just jumped out of the animation screen. <laughs> God, I can't. I can't with this boy. Uh, so looking down at the caravan from a nearby hill, unfortunately, are Balon Shin and some of those bandits. Uh-oh. I mean, you say, unfortunately, I say plot reasons. Cool. Yes. Start the Western <laughs> theme music. <laughs> Cue the Lord of the Rings Two Towers vibes. That too. <laughs> All right. So back at the temple, Thrawn asks the Great Mothers to locate Ahsoka in the debris field. They comply. And they happen to be doing this right as Ahsoka is like, you know what? I can find Sabine via the Force. Because who Yang scans have turned up absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, given that they're in the middle of this debris field, they are in the literal belly of a skeletal beast. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. Thrawn tells Enoch to open fire on the coordinates that the witches provide. And Ahsoka, having kind of reached out to Sabine through the Force, we get this really cool image. Very Luke, Leia, Empire Strikes Back. Um, their connection is strong enough. that connection is like is very strong and Ezra can kind of tell something's going on he's like yo what's that and Sabine's just like something familiar mm-hmm. it was a very cool scene but Ahsoka locked onto Sabine takes ships down to avoid the incoming fire and get to Sabine on the planet Thrawn is like yo I know we don't actually know where she's going but we know she's going after Sabine so fighters go ahead follow her and then we can take out ahsoka sabine and ezra in one go since you know balin hasn't actually done it yet looking side eye at morgan this guy you brought is officially useless (laughs) and i'm going to tell you about it every time (laughs) so the noti also they spot shin and balin off in the distance and sabine's like yeah no they are not with me this is trouble Mm -hmm. and balin Kind of abruptly tells Shin that it's graduation day. Yeah. They are parting their ways. Her ambition is putting her on a different path than him. He tells her, go after their quarry, take her place in the new empire. But his parting lesson is one of patience, as impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. Mm -hmm. Ezra and Sabine, meanwhile, are engaging with the bandits and Shin while Thrawn sends out two squads. He said that they could do two. He followed up on his word. Mm-hmm. He sends two squads to help. Like, no more, though. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, he can't. can't do that. The bandits pursue the caravan, and Sabine is shooting back at them. At Ezra's urging, the pods circle up in a defense formation, and he tells the Noti to stay inside. <laughs> Multiple times. Many, many times. Above, Ahsoka tells Huyang to lower the gangplank, and she launches out of the shuttle while he leads the pursuing fighters away. That was an awesome sequence. So good. Ahsoka is confronted by Balon and the two face off yet again. Back at the caravan, Sabine tries to give Ezra his lightsaber back, but he refuses. Saying that it's hers now and the Force is his ally. He got this. (laughs) Oh, Ezra, you sweet, sweet baby. The fight truly breaks out with Shin joining the fray. At first, it seems like Ezra and Sabine have this handled, but then Thrawn's reinforcements arrive, and distracted, Ezra gets thrown into one of the pods by Shin. Knocking him out just a little bit. (laughs) Knocking him out just a little bit, but it's okay. You guys stay inside. Yeah, stay inside. 
including the howler we get that great shot of the howler who's just like chilling in a pod yeah the good boy good boys in the pod <laughs> ahsoka's still fighting balan and he says you can't win she's like yo i don't need to and is ultimately saved by hu yang flying in and firing causing enough disturbance on the ground for ahsoka to steal balan's howler something tells me he wasn't treating that howler badly but she'll treat it better and she rides off to help her friends. Watching the skirmish at the caravan from the temple on this like hollow display. I'm always kind of curious how they have these hollow displays. Like where are the cameras? Where are the sensors? And if they're no all idea. if they're all <laughs> out there, why haven't they found these people sooner? <laughs> so many questions about this. <laughs> yes. Thrawn notes to Morgan though that like, oh, this is all going on, and Balin's missing. Again, this dude that you brought in appears to just, like, not be here. Mm-hmm. Ezra and Sabine are kind of cornered, and Ezra pulls out... You could tell... If you are a Rebels watcher, you know that he, like, is totally drawing on years of experience dealing with yes. Imperials. Like, oh, wait, yeah. aren't you gonna... Aren't you gonna take us prisoner? Like, good, no. Maybe we can just... Talk? talk? <laughs> it's It's so funny. But that cannot get them out of it this time. But Ahsoka rides in and starts kicking some ass, taking some names. Seeing this on on the hollows, Thrawn orders a tactical retreat of the remainder of the troopers. Noting to Morgan, who's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Which, that's actually a nice little moment because it kind of, on the one hand, you're like, Morgan, don't you know who you're working for? And on the other hand, it's like, actually, she does. And Thrawn welcomes questions. Mm-hmm. If you think you have a valid point, bring it up. He's not going to shoot you down for it. And he's like, no, it's okay. Because during all of this skirmish, all of this fighting, the cargo transfer to the Chimera is nearly complete. So Ahsoka and her team have lost the most valuable asset that they have, time. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka ultimately offers a hand of friendship to Shin, being like, I can help you. We can get out of this together. But she runs off as well. Sabine tries to go after her, but Ahsoka's like, let her go. Sabine tells Ahsoka she thought she was dead, which, fair, after seeing the fall. Mm -hmm. But clearly she was wrong. Hu Yang circles in the ship above, and Ezra notes to the Nodi that maybe, just maybe, he's going to get to go home. Don't count your chickens yet, (laughs) Ezra. Don't count your turtle people yet. Oh my gosh, great episode. Um, now I think we can do our overall reactions. Yeah. I loved it. Loved the action. This like once again it felt very Star Wars. Like very much like an episode of Rebels or an episode of Clone Wars. Just totally in it immediately, getting some character work done. But then like the momentum was great and I'm still intrigued like what's going on. I'm not bored. I don't look at my phone to talk like one of our friends, Flo, didn't look at my phone once. I just think this cast is working really well together. I love the relationship between Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka, and can't wait to see more of that going forward. And then Shin is really stepping out on her own to be an interesting character. This episode, I was like, okay, I see. I see what we're doing here. Because I really liked her design, but now she finally is like, ooh, interesting. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that front. I think Shin showed that she has some more interesting stuff there's more there there mm-hmm. than just yeah. the villain apprentice mm-hmm. um and i think that they could do some great stuff with that i'm starting to get more and more i'm settled into and and actually kind of excited for the idea that this is a show that's actually going to get a season two yeah right now in terms of star wars television um since disney in the I guess in the Disney Plus era, because Rebels obviously had four seasons. Mm -hmm. Clone Wars was continued on multiple times. (laughs) We've had Bad Batch has so far had two seasons. Visions Mm -hmm. has technically had multiple volumes. And Mandalorian is the only live action Star Wars that has gone beyond a season one at this point. Yeah. And we know Andor is coming, but like, that's the only one we really knew. Right. That's the only one we knew. And the idea that this is definitely going to almost definitely going to get a season two. I'm like, okay, wait, we don't have to tie everything up. Yeah. And it's okay for continuing. (laughs) It's it's okay for there to be a continuing mystery and for to have other 
other avenues to go down. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned like character work so far that's being done here, and I agree with you. They've done a lot of great character work. I'm a little concerned, though, that the character they haven't done as much with has been Ahsoka herself. She's mm-hmm. the title character, and the majority of her actual development as a character has kind of been confined to that one episode, episode five. So I'm hoping in the finale we get a little bit more from her from Rosario. Mm-hmm. I now agree. that everyone now that everyone's back together, we can actually do something with that. But this episode overall, I thought, yeah, it was pretty good. It was really great to see Thrawn kind of cook mm-hmm. and to see him do the no, it's okay. It doesn't matter that we technically lost that battle because that wasn't the real fight that was happening. Yeah. The ultimate thing was time. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were in something where we had more episodes, we wouldn't have gotten the dialogue, some of the dialogue that we got from him being like, we will always be one step ahead of them. That's mm-hmm. usually not something he has to come out and say. No, <laughs> that's but a it was nice. Show don't tell situation. Yeah, that was a big show don't tell situation. But it was good to get that out there that like, this is where this guy's head's at. Yeah. People need to know because they might not have read the books. They might not know. Like, right. no, Thrawn usually is at least one to 12,000 steps ahead. <laughs> exactly. The action was great this episode. Mm-hmm. On the whole, I've kind of, I'm starting to come to the conclusion that with in terms of the volume and using it in things, and it was actually, um, it was thinking about House of the Dragon with mm-hmm. uh, Gita with this that i realized i think one of the biggest things i'm realizing is a limitation of the volume is the color gray Mm. when you think about like early mandalorian blue sky white sand everything kind of like blends perfectly to the point where we found out they were using the volume and we were like wait what the fuck right but these like dark gray stormy backgrounds i'm thinking about storm's end as well in house of the Mm. dragon the interiors there some of the scenes, especially with Balin and Ahsoka here, I'm like, you are totally walking in front of a screen. Yeah. And it's... The magic was revealed. <laughs> yeah, the magic was revealed a little bit. I mean, definitely still better than a green screen would have been. Yeah. And overall, it's like, that's like a minor, like, yeah, I'm watching a television show thing. Yeah. But in terms of the volume this season, I thought overall they've done an extremely great job with it. I agree. And I think they'll only get better as the Overall, technology yeah. increases. It's only going to get better. Loved seeing Anakin again in this form. Oh, I was so surprised and so happy. I was like, oh, it's Clone Wars there, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> He's got short hair. Look at him. <laughs> and I like that we've kind of set all the characters up. And at the end of this episode, we are kind of aware of what the the final stakes are of this season of Ahsoka. And that is... Yeah, we gotta leave. We gotta <laughs> get off the leave? planet. How are we going to yeah. get off the planet? And Which I'm really I think is low to... enough stakes, too. I think it's low enough. Yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, it's high in terms of if you know what the the future end game of that would be. But it's low enough that it's just like, it doesn't matter that we're not going to have like an armada space battle going on right. here. Right. That's what I like about it. It's. It's willing to be like the microcosm as opposed yeah. to the macrocosm, which Thrawn is usually about big picture. So getting to like this smaller intimate area with this character, I'm like, yes, we'll see enough big space battles with him because that's his thing. <laughs> yes. But for now, it's like, yeah, he's just doing on the chimera trying to get off, off the planet. <laughs> also shouting at the uh, the minefields reminded me very much of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where a minefield yeah. was a big plot point for a while that they set up around the wormhole. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do love a space minefield, especially when it's those like seeker mines that'll mm-hmm. go after metal, usually is what they're going after. Ooh. I love it. I love this episode. Okay, next we are going to look at those characters a little bit closer. Ahsoka, she is looking great this episode, though, even if we still need to push her forward a little bit. It seems like she's really embracing that therapy session and becoming (laughs) more of the Ahsoka the White character. Her training with Anakin's Hollow was so cool. Going back to the dual wielding sabers instead of the single saber to fight Balon this time. 
loved that. It was like, okay, she's shifting back towards like Ahsoka instead of falling back on more of like the Anakin centric training. And then she's smiling, y'all. She's actually like, <laughs> she's having a good time. They're letting Rosario have a good time. Are you telling the woman to smile, Colleen? Absolutely not. I would never. I'm just happy that she is because that means she's not quite as devastatingly sad as she was before. <laughs> like, this is our, our young baby Ahsoka that we knew from Clone Wars and a little bit more from Rebels. I I love that for her, that she's kind of regaining this lightness that she always had and showing off that reckless side. Very Anakin. Very, going with very the flow. Anakin. Going with the flow, just like Anakin would. Able to improvise, which I think is Ahsoka's strong suit. Like, Anakin basically taught her that, how to be improvisational. And it's going to be really important when it comes to Thrawn. But then they also showed in this episode how kind she is. Like, when she reaches out to Shin, asking her to join their side. That was so sweet. She did not have to do that. No, She's she did really not. Willing. She did not. She could have just chased Shin away. She's really not willing to leave someone behind again. Like she did kind of with Anakin, but she was child, everyone. <laughs> yeah. But that in is not her, her head, fault. no, but in her head, it would be like leaving someone behind again who could be put on a good path. Mm-hmm. So for Ahsoka, I think this is more her inner master coming out, being like, I left Sabine behind too. I'm not going to do this to this poor girl. Yeah. Like, okay. I like that. I like that, Ahsoka. Good job. I loved that moment with Sabine when Sabine's like, I thought you were dead. I I was wrong. And Ahsoka's like, and miss this reunion. And she gives Sabine that look that's like very much the mother being like, this is a happy moment and we're going to enjoy it, but don't think we're done here. Yeah, we're going to have words. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Sabine, I mean, she's told Ezra a lot. Decent amount. A little curious about the uh the Battle of Endor comment. Because again, are we just like erasing aftermath and the Battle of Jakku where the war actually ended? Yeah. Are we just assuming people I mean, I can sort of understand from a business perspective the execs being like a lot of people didn't read that. People think that that the Empire yeah. ended with Endor, so we're just gonna roll with it. Yeah. Where Palpatine died, I guess that's where you could put the end the end of the war in quotes. Did he though? That's what they say. I don't know. That is what they say. (laughs) But on the whole, Sabine is still holding back. She's still not willing to tell Ezra everything about how she got there, how she was ultimately able to find him. And this has to ultimate, this has to come back. Yeah. In the finale at some point. Mm -hmm. Not going to be good. (laughs) Their banter back and forth is just, it's great. It's so good. These two are just embodying these characters and they're fallen into that deep sibling type bond where you're just easily bouncing off of each other. They've got great comedic chemistry together. Really good. Very strong. Yeah. And it feels like this is the type of the type of friendship where you haven't seen each other in about a decade, but also at the same time, you're able to just like pick up where you left off. Yeah. I love it. It's just easy. <laughs> For the bickering <laughs> about the lightsaber was great. Oh my god. No, no, no. So it's yours funny. now. It's fine. It's it, 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 totally fine. I got this. Everything's good. I got this. <laughs> Ultimately, Sabine still needs to have longer talks with yeah. pretty much everyone involved yeah. later yeah. on. But here they all are. They're happy. For this one final moment before everything inevitably turns to shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to be good next episode, everyone. (laughs) I think this was like our, the calm before the actual storm that's coming. And that storm's name is Thrawn, (laughs) everybody. He's always this like outwardly calm person, but it was really great to see Thrawn pause when he found out that Anakin was Ahsoka's master. He's like, oh no, him again of course Thrawn does know or knew Anakin and Vader so he thinks he knows how to counter Ahsoka he is correct about her unpredictability and knows that he needs to be cautious with her he is right but also she's able to get past the fighters and the troopers to rescue Ezra and Sabine like he's not worried enough he's he's not worried enough about 
Ahsoka yet. Yeah, this is how he ended up on this planet. Yeah, you'd think he'd be thinking back on that just a little bit. (laughs) But an unpredictable Jedi who he might not even see as like a truly trained Jedi, even though Ahsoka is like, come on, my guy, have 10 years of like brooding in your castle done nothing for you. He really just like derides the force and force users. And I think that kind of inner resentment is going to come back and bite him in the ass at the end. I think definitely. I do think it'd be interesting though, if he thinks, he thinks he has control of it now because of his alliance with the great mothers. If he recognizes right. that their magic involves the force, he's like, all right, I, now I have this on my side. Mm-hmm. And yet they still weren't able to find Ezra. Like, do they need the person to be using the force actively I, in order to find them? Like maybe Ezra really hadn't tapped into it. Enough I for still, them to find him? I still maintain, I think it's likely that he just kind of wrote Ezra off as like, as long as he's not bugging us, right? fine. We don't need Let to him. look for him. We don't need to look for him. We're not going to keep losing troops to this kid Yeah. if he's not actively like attacking us. And if we're in the Chimera up here, he's not going to do that. Right. Yeah. Leave him alone with his turtle villagers. <laughs> exactly. If the opportunity comes up, sure, but we're not going to actively search for him anymore. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Ezra, we said it already, Iman is just slaying Mm -hmm. this role. He is so good. The mannerisms, the dialogue, everything is exactly what we would expect from Ezra. You might think he's a little too jovial upbeat despite what he's gone through, but he's reunited with Sabine and Ahsoka. He's in probably a happier mood than he's had in a long time. Yeah. He's able to be old Ezra. Like yeah. He's, I don't want to say regressing, but he's, <laughs> he's like, because he, he was 19, he was still kind of a baby. So he's just going back to that past self where he was comfortable and felt like he was in a good place. <laughs> and I think that's just where his mentality is for now. <laughs> Slipping right back into old patterns. And it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. We're sure we could get some stories from him at some point about mm-hmm. how difficult life has been on Peridia. But, I mean, what could he have been dealing with before he ultimately met up with the Nodi? Yeah. Was he just alone? Was he just fighting bandits and night troopers who confirmed, seemingly confirmed, are not resurrected dead bodies? Did no not smoke. See any, no green smoke coming out. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. So then it's just, this is some Lord of the Flies shit and they've just gone full thrawn. <laughs> yeah, they are just cultists at this point. Yeah. yeah. Which, fair He's very, like, charismatic and good yeah. at languages. Like, canonically, Thrawn is sexy, everyone. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> this is the naughty caravan. <laughs> oh, man. All right, switching gears <laughs> to the zaddy of the group, Balin. I thought it was kind of weird that he ditched his apprentice so quickly. Yeah. But then also, he said he's not a Jedi and he's not a Sith. He doesn't have to have Shin basically attached to his side. He gives her freedom to choose. He gives her abilities that a Jedi apprentice or a Sith apprentice wouldn't have. And this is actually a kindness. At least I think that's what he believes. He thinks that this is a kindness, that Shin's path is diverging from his, and he doesn't want to hold her back. Like, okay. Which I'd agree with. I think we could have used a little bit more with their relationship to establish something like that like he says he does say you know you're not a jedi or something more but like this could be something we explore in a book or a comic or something else but to see what this training experience was like i think would be flashback i know i don't like flashbacks very much but i love in this case though it would be directly relevant to the current plot so yes it might actually make sense and her character like we need more for her character um I do think it's interesting that we still don't know what he's after. Like, it's been seven episodes. Usually you'd have at least a little bit of a modus operandi going on, but we don't know. I mean, more to come on that on finale theories. Yes, I think that's... He definitely got mad. He was real pissed that Ahsoka took off on his health. (laughs) She's like, oh, look, something shiny. But doom, and she was out of there. (laughs) This is the Ahsoka that I love. 
Yes, this is a great version of Ahsoka. And now we have Shin, and she is really, she's becoming more interesting. Like, she's kind mm-hmm. of been the more stock villain. Mm-hmm. Her and Morgan have kind of taken on those roles. And we always liked the look of her, the idea of what was going on. But now she has her own goals to pursue. We've established that they are different goals than Balin has. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't take Ahsoka's hand. After being defeated and runs back to Thrawn, she thinks she still thinks that's where her power is going to lie. Mm-hmm. What would her place be in the Imperial Remnant? We don't know. I've heard heard theories that this is the uh, potential Rook, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, we had Rook. We had Rook and Rebels. Well, I know that, but this could be like the Legends. Heard this is. Position. I've I've heard some theories that this is more the interpretation of like Mara Jade. Mm. Emperor's hand. Mara the Jade. Emperor's hand, potentially. I don't know. I still like my version of that, which uh, involves Ray and <laughs> Ray and Mara Jade getting together. That would be adorable. I would be yes. here for that. Angry Ginger plus Ray. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's interesting. We're, we need to know how close was she to accepting Ahsoka's offer because it didn't look like an easy decision. She was scared no, when she ran she off. She paused. Yeah, she hesitated a lot for a long time. I was like, oh shit, is she is she gonna do it? Um, but then Sabine and Ezra standing right there. It's like, ooh, too many kids. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The actual the actual moment where she turned <laughs> and ran <laughs> off. This is the most random example that could possibly have popped into my head. So of course it's exactly what popped into my head. Was the moment in Kill Bill. I think it's volume two. Mm-hmm. Uma Thurman has just had a fight with an assassin in her t- hotel room. And then she tells the assassin, like, with a shotgun pointed at her, she's like, yo, I just found out I'm pregnant. There, There's the test. Like, leave, and I'll do the same. And the assassin, like, looks at it, looks up at her, and just goes, congratulations, and turns and runs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm was, out. like, that tense. And then yeah, just suddenly like, broken. Yeah, no. Yeah, the use of humor in that kind of situation is always good. <laughs> the look on her face too was just like, oh, poor girl. Yeah, <laughs> like you should have just stuck with the Soka. <laughs> oh man! But in that moment, she sees Ahsoka as a Jedi. Absolutely, and she's like, "I am not. I'm supposed to be better than this." Yeah, she doesn't she's also know probably pissed that she lost. Yeah, she's mad she lost, especially to freaking Ezra. <laughs> Had no lightsaber. She no did give him a haircut at all. She did give him a little haircut. That was a, their little like fight sequence was great with Ezra, like kind of leaning back. This is probably the first person she's dealt with directly who can like use the force in a way like this. So she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get back here. Stand still. She doesn't know. Ezra has ADHD. He can't stand still. Absolutely not. Literally impossible. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's move into our next section here. We have homages, Easter eggs, connections, callbacks. Colleen, start off with that title, title, title. Titles. The title of this episode is Dreams and Madness. Love this title. We couldn't help but think of Dumbledore's line to Harry in The Sorcerer's Stone. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Yes, a very good warning, since dreams can easily turn into nightmares, which lead to madness. This is another kind of callback to Macbeth as well, as dreams and madness are a large part of that play, especially mm-hmm. with regards to Lady Macbeth and the witches. Balin also used these exact words in an earlier episode, even though he seems to be following a dream himself. Like, good warning, my guy, but also... Yeah, well, he thinks, I mean, it's his dream, so of course it's fine. Of course, obviously. Everyone I else kept, is wrong. I kept flashing back to Gandalf to when did Saruman the White abandon reason for badness? Ooh, more Lord of the Rings. I love it. Harry Potter, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. It's almost like fantasy stories are linked in a very, very like singular way. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Next up, we have the New Republic Security Forces. This is the name of the New Republic's military branch before the Resistance gets founded. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's definitely not called the Navy or an army. Senator Ziono reminds Hera that she's a general under this branch of government and should not be absconding with New Republic ships to go on quests. The New Republic was very quick to try and demilitarize to not have a standing army because they were like, yo, we just went through the Clone Wars, the Empire and the Rebellion. Maybe we yeah. shouldn't have an army. Yeah, they like there are many 90% they just, gone, uh, right? rushed into. Yeah, like way too quickly. 
Good thing Akbar was out there. <laughs> Being like, I'm not giving up my ship. Uh, yeah, this is a Moncalo ship, not yours. It's mine. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's his home. He's not leaving it. Home one. Oh, home one. <laughs> it is his home. Uh, speaking of Admiral Akbar, there are some familiar faces on the New Republic Council, but they might not be who we think they are at first sight. The Moncal does not have the rank of Admiral, so this is most likely not Akbar. And he would have been yelling, like, let's be fair. He would have been, like, not just sitting there. He would have stood up and started yelling at this point. And then the Solisten looks too old to be Lando's compatriot, Nian Nub. But it's cool to see people other than humans on this council. <laughs> like, yeah, Palpy's empire is a little bit racist. Just a smidge racist against pretty much everyone who wasn't human. And I think this is a, at least one good thing that the New Republic has going on. Like, there's different races in this room making decisions. I agree. Though, I think yeah. it's a bit. Of, I always I thought it was a bit of a small room for something like this. I was like, yeah. should this not be in like the big Senate chamber? I guess they wanted like probably because Mon Mothma was there, she was able to be like, no, we're gonna like put this in a side chamber. We're not going to draw as much attention to it. I'm sure Senator Ziono was like, I want the theatrics of it though. Yes, but, but Disney doesn't have the budget. Him. That also. No budget, and Mon Mothma said no. Yes. <laughs> and then next up, you don't need to see my identification. The C-3PO cameo. No, I agree. I'm I'm all in on Anthony Daniels, like, making an appearance there. Personally, I think if we're going to continue to bring Leia into the mix, it's time to just recast her. Like, yeah, love me some Carrie Fisher. Just cast Billy Lord or somebody to play a to play that version of the character. Star Trek does it all the time, and it always works out. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's but C-3PO, he's our favorite little curmudgeon droid. He's there on Leia's behalf to defend Hera. And of course he's famous. It's a, re- it's a clever little callback to Obi-Wan in A New Hope. You don't need to see their identification. <laughs> but also just enough of like, I don't want to call 3PO a Karen, but hey, do you know who I am? I mean, they really should. <laughs> he really has earned the right. <laughs> yeah. He is absolutely the droid you were looking for. Yes. Anti-droid sentiments are alive and well, considering Ziono doesn't want to even listen to 3PO. Chopper gets in a few of his jabs, but Chop, but Carson quiets him back, quiets him down, holds him back. Mm-hmm. Leia Hold me is, back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Leia is throwing her weight around now, but soon she's going to come under scrutiny and lose a lot of her power when her identity as Vader's daughter is unveiled in bloodline mm-hmm. uh but also it was just really cool to see c3po and hear that star wars theme this is yes. a this was a nice little moment again i question the validity of the scene as a whole but if we're going to include this in here okay yeah have chopper swear perfect 3po's there <laughs> being himself chopper's there planning murder <laughs> yep it's what we deserve exactly Next up, we have the term false Jedi. Senator Ziono mentions this, referring to Shin and Balon, not daring speak the term gray Jedi. Oh my, no. Can't no way. That. Can you imagine the Snyder Bros if they said that? Oh, it would be so terrible. I would laugh really, really hard, though. That would be so great. <laughs> he also calls Harris Report a fairy tale, perhaps pointing out that Filoni is interested in the deep lore of this galaxy, like the Night Sisters magics and the existence of the Force Trio called the Ones. We haven't gotten a father, son, or daughter direct mention yet, but they're tied to Ahsoka and Ezra. So maybe at some point we will see a callback to these three figures. Hey, don't discount her. Sabine's involved there too. Yes, Sabine also was involved with them. I would say Ahsoka directly being saved by the daughter. I'm very surprised we have not seen a little we owl. Yeah, we anywhere. haven't seen Moray yet. No, nope. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some Moray. Next up, we have Ahsoka training with that hollow of Anakin. And his training's a lot like what we saw in the middle episode um, of Tales of the Jedi with her. Mm-hmm. When he was very much pacing in a circle around her as she was constantly being stunned by clone droid clones. Yeah. <laughs> Not droids, clones. Clones. <laughs> he wants her to be as prepared as she can be. Um, both during the war and after he really saw this as his mission was yeah. to get her as prepared as possible, very much enforcing that kind of like forged in fire and combat 
thing that produced the Ahsoka that we saw at the start of the season. Hu Yang expresses surprise that Anakin would be so thoughtful as to kind of leave these training hollows behind. You know, we see Ahsoka put them in that nice wooden box in the closet where we see a couple of training sabers, the the mask, nice Mm -hmm. little Easter egg closet there. But Anakin was always very nice to the people he loved, except when he almost killed them in many different ways. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. He was like, he was very Most of the time nice. He was really great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, these recordings, though, this is not the first time we've seen them. Back in season two of Rebels, Ahsoka showed Ezra some of these holograms as well. And you got to see Ezra kind of be one of the many people in awe of Anakin Skywalker, the Jedi General, the legendary Jedi mm-hmm. General, and how powerful he was. Whoopsies. <laughs> Never meet As your heroes. Looks on, like, oh. Well, at that yeah, point, she Ezra. was still in denial. Yeah she, yeah, she really was. Like, oh, yikes. And for Ezra, really don't meet your heroes. <laughs> Vader almost killed him a few times. Yes. Um, one other thing we got from this little hollow was Anakin mentioning a lot of Clone Wars villains. We had a Asajj Ventress call out, General Grievous, and Count Dooku. Yeah, this is the first live action mention of Ventress that we've gotten. If you don't know, if you haven't watched Clone Wars, she was Dooku's apprentice throughout the Clone Wars and was also a Knight sister, which is a really nice connection to this show. Also, go read Dark Disciple for real. It's such a good book. <laughs> It's really good. It actually has some sexiness to it, which Star Wars lacks a lot. And it was supposed to be an arc in the animated Clone Wars show. There's a lot of hate going on in that book. Yeah, so much anger. Anger, (laughs) sex all over the place. But it's really good. (laughs) We give it two very enthusiastic, naughty thumbs up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Except we also have Ahsoka. She mentions that they're she thinks their odds going into this uh, debris field are pretty good. And Hu Yang's like, the odds are terrible. And I know I've calculated them. Banjo back and forth here is amazing. Again, David Tennant just like chewing up everything he can. Mm I really want to see videos of him recording this. Like, mm-hmm. I could see it being almost as as fun as like Pedro Pascal holding the pillow in the recording booth to simulate the fact that he's holding Groku. Yes, I want to see it. <laughs> he's probably drinking. <laughs> almost definitely, he's got some scotch. Yeah, but their banter back and forth here is just so so good. Ahsoka's playful side is kind of reemerging. Mm-hmm. He uses he basically uses the line from Empire Strikes Back. We're going to get pulverized if we stay out here much longer. A lot of direct Empire Strikes Back callbacks in this episode. Doesn't necessarily portent anything good for the finale. No, it makes us feel really (laughs) nervous, everyone. (laughs) We're not going to lie. We know what Empire Strikes Back means. Next up, a Empire weapon, the minefield. There are similar mines in canon and legends, more recently in the Poe Dameron comics, but seeker mines have also been around since 1981 in an early Star Wars comic issue. So, like, these have been around a while, we just haven't really seen them. Mm-hmm. Next up, one of the biggest things in this episode is Thrawn definitely has a recognition when he sees the name Anakin Skywalker as Ahsoka's master. It's very important to how he approaches her. Thrawn is one of the few people who really knew both Anakin and Darth Vader. He worked with them on separate occasions in the, in the canon novel Thrawn Alliances. That's the middle novel of the first new canon Thrawn trilogy. Not going to lie, it's my least favorite of the three because it does the whole Dune narrative thing. It basically takes place half during the Clone Wars and then half during the present. I like what happens in both of those stories. But then just make them their own stories. There's no reason. Doesn't want to mash up. (laughs) There's no reason other than coincidence that these two things are happening side by side. The stories are not really directly informing each other. It just happens to be this was my one experience. This was my second experience. They're in the same like system. They are, but it those those things don't matter to the story (laughs) those things don't matter to the context of putting the two things together what connects them is superficial 
I still liked it. It's my least favorite of that trilogy as well, but I did the, still like it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still liked reading it. And I like I said, I liked the events of both of the stories, but they were separate stories. Why are they in one book? <laughs> I agree with you. I I like it. I like a dual narrative. I'm not gonna lie. I like messing around with a narrative structure, but I am also an English major and a writer. So of course I'm like, ooh, something new and different. I like that. Yeah, but I have um, a feeling if you did a dual narrative, I you would you would connect it better. I would try to. <laughs> <laughs> I would have be like a lot more talk about Padme in the Vader sections. Like, let's be fair. If Thrawn really yeah. wanted to throw it in Vader's face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Thrawn, it is revealed during this one, Thrawn is one of the few people who just straight up figured out that Anakin is almost definitely Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. One of very few people. Very few people knew this. Yeah. Whew. You know who doesn't know this? <laughs> Sabine or Ezra. <laughs> Sabine gave Ezra a really big info update off camera. He asks whether Pelpy really died, and Sabine says that's what people say. Yep, yeah. Which I <laughs> we mean, we get... laugh about if we're gonna be we like do. fully, if we're gonna be fully objective about it. Like there are plenty of references in Look, other novels yeah. and other other materials around this time where like galaxy's a big place and there's plenty of people who are like yeah they say he died on the death star is that just propaganda right like, oh yeah completely you know that there are going to be like imperials out there and even regular people who are like how could he be dead the jedi aren't real how could a jedi have killed him like mm-hmm. i mean that's fair so we also get a zeb mention awesome we love this. He's apparently training new recruits for the New Republic. So that's what he was doing during Mando season three. We still don't know where the hell Callus is. And I yes, really we need do. To get on this. Okay. <laughs> we do know where Callus is. Callus is exactly where they told us he was. He is living among Zeb's people. Well, he's on Lyrasan, but Zeb's not with him. Did they have some sort of marital spat? <laughs> they weren't married yet. <laughs> okay. They're not married yet. That's fair. <laughs> All right. They will get married in the future. Maybe they did have a fight, and Zeb's like, well, fine, I'll go to the New Republic. <laughs> Zeb brought him to Lyrasan, mm-hmm. dropped him off, and was like, now just wait for me. You're going to be my side piece until <laughs> until I get yeah. back. And Callus is like, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bad when I was <laughs> I love I love that so much. Uh, and of course, Ezra learns that Ahsoka's been training Sabine. <laughs> and is like, but why? <laughs> Ezra, never change. We love you. You're a delight. <laughs> I love what he's like. I mean, yeah, you trained with us back in the beginning yeah. a little bit, too. Ooh, yeah. In Trials of the Darksaber. Great, Trials great Dark arc. Trials of the Darksaber arc. Yeah. Like, you've used a lightsaber before. Oh, God, get me out of this. <laughs> that was great. Then, during the Howler attack on the, the Nodi mobile homes, the Nodi are adept at using slingshots, which was great. Ezra's mm-hmm. signature weapon from his first introduction in the pilot of Rebels mm-hmm. was a kind of energy slingshot on his wrist. And it was awesome to see that he had taught them how to use this, even though theirs are not energy driven. They are just regular old slingshots. Yeah, they still worked. <laughs> it also kind of enhances his position as like kind of a co-leader of this group when he's like, yo, circle the wagons and every and everyone just obeys his commands. He's big. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Gandalf's among the hobbits. If Gandalf says something, they're probably going to be like, all right, <laughs> I think we should probably do that. <laughs> but there's more trust here, I think. They really do love and trust Ezra. Another thing that we were delighted by <laughs> is Ezra rejecting the offered lightsaber from Sabine when he says, the Force is my ally. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wanted to smack it. it was so good. But he this, says it so fu- he just he's so he funny did. when he says it. No, oh, it's all right. Force is my ally. Like, yeah. uh-huh. Like, I got this. I'm gonna show <laughs> off now. And he does show off. Uh this is much like the teachings of Master Yoda. Yoda would use a lightsaber when necessary, but he preferred to utilize the force itself in a lot of his attacks, defense. Like he he'd pull out the lightsaber, but that was like a Count Dooku situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was not not his usual day to day. Funnily enough, Ezra does pick up blasters later in the fight, much like Kanan would have done before he started using his lightsaber in the first season of Rebels. He would have been like a rogue, piratey kind of guy, and he used blasters. So yes, Ezra does know how to use them. He also, he he's doing he's doing something that's usually 
the older master mm-hmm. at least in the start of this of this fight where he's kind of like very still but then he's like just he's staying out of the way effectively he's dodging and moving and letting the troopers take themselves out yeah very jeet kundo very mm-hmm. uh spike Spiegel from cowboy bebop we love to see it let the enemy use their ways against each other exactly Works much better and yoda would also be a proponent of that kind of tactics um <laughs> this is also very similar to early reckless episodes where he would proclaim i got this before humorously failing at some force power like a <laughs> mind trick that's one of my favorite ones is when guy. he's like i got this and he like he just like struts nothing. ahead of he struts ahead of kanan and it's just like tries to pull oh, off the God. mind trick absolutely just watch rebels everyone <laughs> it is hysterical young baby jedi ezra trainee fantastic no it's aladdin don't change yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, you know, some people online were kind of wondering why Thrawn didn't have the troopers just finally finish off Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine. Well, despite the fact that, you know, Thrawn doesn't necessarily know what plot armor is. Mm-hmm. He said it before, he's low on troops. And yeah. he also, he's like, yo, right now we're in acceptable losses territory, but to actually finish these guys off, especially when Ahsoka joins the fray might be like you know what if we have if we've gotten them to eat up all the time that they need to like we don't have to if we leave and they're still stranded here mission's still accomplished mm-hmm. exactly he's also probably pretty low on fuel weapons other supplies you know he doesn't have Balin in the battle which you kind of get the feeling he thought might happen yeah he looks a little annoyed but also not put out enough to be like fuck everything <laughs> right he's he's hit a tactical wall he's like it's better to just leave them alone and distract it while they finish packing up the chimera and peace and get the fuck yeah. out of there yeah he's out he's pulled these kind of maneuvers in rebels where he's like he will recognize that a fight is more or less loss and then just be like all right let's retreat it's fine we learned enough yeah, yeah he always uses it as a learning situation right and he's very much focused on the bigger picture Something which Morgan doesn't seem to have learned from him yet. That's why I think that she's not really one of his favorites. Like, this is not how Eli Bonto would be acting at this point. No, this is like, he he has contacted her out of necessity because she's like the one Dathomirian that the Night Sisters could get in touch with. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who can we call? Can I call my friend Eli? No, he's with the Chiss right now. I don't know how I could reach him. So he calls Morgan. He's like, ugh, I guess. You have money, you can make it happen, let's go. Big time. Big time. All right, and lastly, today we will get into our questions and predictions. Any like lingering questions we have out of this episode? What do we think is coming next? What do we kind of want to happen next? I mean, next week's the finale, and the big question is, where will the season end? I mentioned earlier... I've kind of settled into this idea that we are almost definitely getting a season two, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. I'm really wondering, ultimately, like, who's going to still be on this planet? Who's going to still be in Peridia? Who's going to ultimately leave? I think, I I don't think we've had it yet. I feel like there's one shot from the trailer that we have not seen yet, which is Thrawn entering the bridge at the Eye of Sion. I yeah. literally think that's the last the piece. walk. The slow walk, just the just from the back. Mm-hmm. So we know he's definitely going to be on there. Are they going to tow the Chimera in that giant hyperspace ring? Who's going to be on the respected ships, whether as a stowaway or not? Um, who could potentially be left behind? That's, I think, the biggest question. Being left behind, Ahsoka being left behind, or... I mean, Iman could totally pull off, like, a, we see the ISI on takeoff, and Ezra down on the planet just being like a, come on! Yeah, fuck! He could absolutely <laughs> pull off an Ezra-like version of that. I don't but want I, any of them to be stuck. <laughs> I don't want any of them to be stuck. I could see Ahsoka being stuck, and, like, that's, like, the driving force of season two. Mm. How should but... How she gets back. But I mean, there are some things we do need to see. I feel I say need, like I feel 
we should see happen in yeah. the finale. Like we, we would need, really like, <laughs> we would see. really like to see Sabine confront what she did. Mm-hmm. I could see Ezra. You know, we said it last week. He could be very forgiving of that. Oh yeah, um, I can see him ultimately. being like, "What?" And him ultimately kind of bringing Ahsoka around to the like, no, that was what she had to do. The will of the force. Come find me. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, she will definitely. He'll throw that back in her face. Be like, but obviously the force wanted it. She'll be like, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) But the biggest thing, one of the biggest questions I actually have is how is Balin going to play into the finale? There are two things I can see from my TV watching brain I could see happening here. One would be that Balin in the finale finds whatever whatever he thinks he's looking for. And that somehow acts as like a big deus ex machina factoring into Mm. the final battle, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. The other would be that we actually don't see him until effectively a post-credits tease. It's like the end of the finale. Whatever has happened has happened. And then we cut to Balin and we end on him finding like a cave with the carvings of whatever it is he thinks he's getting. And, you know, whatever door opens or whatever, it's, it's unleashed blinding flash of light and then that's it that's the season i just had a thought Flo is gonna hate it what if he becomes the new bendu <gasps> <laughs> he exists in the middle exactly he said he's not a jedi and he's not a sith it would be kind of cool if he became the embodiment of the middle <laughs> <laughs> plus then they wouldn't have to like recast balan as a character they would just need somebody to do the voice right what they're doing with Balin, I I mean, rest in peace yeah. to Ray Stevenson. They definitely thought they were going to have more runway with this character. I think so too, because he is amazing. Why he's would you doing cast phenomenal, Ray Stevenson? And he's doing this like great slow burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> he's so good, so so good. Oh, it's frustrating that we won't be able to get more from him in this character. I do hope we get more of this character. I really hope that they don't just scrap it. Yeah. Because he's interesting. Like, his journey is interesting. We want to know more about him. We want to know how he's so good. He's beaten Ahsoka twice. Like, who is he? Where was he during the Clone Wars? How did he escape Order 66? These are kind of things where it's not like need to know, but it's that want to know kind of situation. And yeah, give us the book. Give us the animated series. Give us everything on Balin's Cole. We want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Um, my biggest question, of course, is do we get an Ezra Thrawn reunion? Because I really want to see that. <laughs> I want to see Lars Mikkelsen just look, give that look of utter disdain <laughs> and finally break like his kind of calm demeanor a little bit and be like Ugh, you again and Ezra waving his little wave and like hi I want that I want it really badly so much yeah. otherwise not a lot of other questions besides what we've talked about mm-hmm. I think after this week's episode we will have a lot to theorize on as to what season two possibly might look like what the movie might look like there's just a lot there's a lot going on plus we still have skeleton crew coming we have skeleton crew we have potentially another season of ahsoka and i think Mm -hmm. it's one more season of mandalorian before this like big crossover movie thing happens like there's a Mm -hmm. ton that's in theory in works yeah there's a lot that they could do. They have a lot of space to play which with, I think with is, characters. Which I think is interesting. I just hope they go... I do hope they go on a kind of loosely connected thread as we cross series. Same. Like, kind of like Stephen King's Dark Tower. Like, how he has the main series, but then he also has the side books. Yeah. Where they're, like, tangentially like connected to the Dark Tower. Not, like oh, we have to name every character, blah, blah, blah. No, we just want, like, maybe, like, a wink. A wink or a nod. A wink or a nod. You know, you give everybody what they need to just enjoy that in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then you have us who are like, ah, give us the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the Leo meme. Ah, he's the thing. Yeah, he's not the thing. He's doing the thing. <laughs> All right. Well, that is where we're going to leave it for today, I think. Thank you all for joining us today. You can find us on Twix and Instagram at YESWpod. 
follow us wherever you're getting your podcast hit that follow button leave us a five-star review check out all of our other episodes star wars films star wars bad batch visions head over to bohemian geek (laughs) studies for all of our rebels coverage check out all the offerings in the forgotten entertainment family at forgottenentertainment.com forgotten cinema is back this october for forgotten horror i saw that i'm very excited And then join us next time when we are going to look at the season one finale of Ahsoka. We are already here. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I guess it's October. Exactly. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> Until then, always remember, it doesn't matter if you're a Jedi, a Sith, something entirely different, or somewhere in between. Every teacher will always shove a patience lesson down your throat. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone, except Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.